Hello everybody, welcome to my podcast, The Wild and Sacred, and today I have a very special guest. Uh, let's welcome Dr. Ananya Harvey. Uh, welcome so much to this, to this space. Thank you for joining. It's my pleasure, Sasha. It's nice to be here with you. Thank you. So we were just discussing a little bit about the importance of uh, emotional intelligence, emotional um, It's not that the word was not intelligence, emotional work, emotional development, because that, that's uh, one of the areas of expertise of Anania. So I, I am so interested in this because this is a topic that is particularly relevant in this moment. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about it? Yes, I, I'd love to talk about that. Um, so I think you know, I'm, I'm trained as a tantric sex coach and a men's coach. Um, but, and so I think for a lot of people, they're like, why, you know, emotional intelligence, that sounds, that's not sex. <laughs> and um, I would like to say, actually, it is. <laughs> it is so important, um, not just for our day-to-day -day health and well-being, especially in these times which are full of explosions everywhere, economic collapse, the global pandemic, um, the reckoning with racial injustice, so much going on that can put us, you know, off our center. Um, it's, so it's important for our day-to-day -day, um, sanity as well as having really great sex. Yeah. Because in order to have really great sex, you need to know what you're feeling and know how to speak it and also be comfortable with uncomfortable emotions if your partner is having a reaction that might be triggering for you. Mm, that's so 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 beautiful and it's so relevant to know that sex and emotions actually are so interconnected because i see that i mean it would make sense for my generation right like we we learned that you that sexuality and emotions are interconnected but then i feel like there came a a wave of trying to separate one from the other like You don't need to, to put emotions into sexuality and even kind of shaming people for having emotions and sexuality together. There was like a movement of uh, rebellion against, uh, and it's amazing because it's part of the pendulation, right? <laughs> uh, a rebellion against the system that made you feel that you had to have a committed relationship to have sex. It mm -hmm. meant that, uh, that we went to the opposite side some people of course uh, and trying to divorce emotions from sexuality and that doesn't work either it's like even if it's a casual uh, a, couch, a ca casual relationship there are always things that arise when you open up something as, as vulnerable as your body to somebody else mm, yeah that's such great perspective you know I, I think it is really valuable, the, the rebellion that we had, because sometimes you just need to experiment. You need to learn something, right? And you don't want to, it's not all about like attachment and, you know, being together forever. And I think that's really important to us as humans, this freedom to experiment, to like understand our bodies and our pleasure. Okay. Um, yeah. And, um, and um, there is there is a tendency for sex to be really good that there needs to be an emotional component, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, the, just this connection of the heart and the pussy, right? Like you cannot really separate one from the other. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a committed relationship with every person that you have sex with. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that you just nourish this this portal that, that is this connection, that you love this portal and that you acknowledge that sometimes sex might make you cry because it might arrive, it might awaken something in you. Or sometimes it might... Uh, remind you of a very deep uh deep stored emotion in your body how how our emotions are so intertwined with our pussies how how there is so much wisdom in there and so much uh that is so so much life stored in this area yes yeah and sex is a great way to have your discursive mind shut down, your defenses shut down a little bit because to be intimate, you have to, you know, tear down some walls and be open to someone undefendedly. And so when that happens, the wisdom stored in our bodies and our subconscious, it's like, I have so much to tell you, right? And so <laughs> because we're relaxed and our nervous system is finally able to release things, then all this stuff can come out. And I will tell you a secret. It's not just uh, between hearts and pussies. It's between hearts and cocks that uh, there is actually a big connection too. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, and that's what I wanted to ask you. What happens with men? Because men have this idea that they can have sex without having anything else. Like they could just cut off their penis and let it be <laughs> Remote control penis. But in reality, there is so much with these connections. Could you tell us more about it? I think that's vital. Yeah, I'd love to. So it is true. I mean, it's true for both genders, but as a man, you can be really hard and unfeeling and just go and have lots of sex like a robot. You can. Um, and, you know, pickup artist culture sort of teaches men to be really, to trick women and to just treat it like a game and like an achievement, um, a very goal-oriented process. Um, but what happens is that it's really unfulfilling in the end. And I, my clients, they come to me and they're like, I want to feel, I want to really, really love. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, it's so beautiful to hear men say that. And they're like, I did all the pickup artist stuff, but it didn't get me what I wanted. It didn't get me like a sane, stable relationship with a woman who could meet me. Yeah. And the thing is, when guys don't have that connection, I mean, of course, there's the little blue pill that you can take, but if you don't want to be dependent on that and you don't have... Um, that heart-cock connection, then sometimes your cock stops working, right? That's when we have so many issues with, you know, erectile dysfunction, um, early ejaculation, all, all sorts of things that are happening to men right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love that you're approaching this topic uh, from the life experience of men, because it's not just the 
because I have read that as well. It's not just the fantasy or the ideal of women. Like, hey, men are sensitive to, and I hear uh, or have read men say, no, that's not true. We, that's like <laughs> some men really try to fight that, that realization. So I love that you are bringing in the life experience of men that actually come and open their hearts because there is such a beautiful treasure in their hearts. The heart of a man can be such a beautiful, a beautiful uh, flower when it opens up. Oh my God, it's one of the joys of, of our existence. I mean, it's so interesting that men say, no, we don't feel, because look at history. Look at all of these men who were incredible painters and poets and writers and, you know, the men who would sing to women who were up on balconies and play music to them, right? This great romanticizing that happened. And men did that because they were in love, like completely overwhelmed with love. So. I have always thought that um, the patriarchal idea that men don't feel and they should be tough and they should be, it's taken away from them so yes. much that if they realize that they would be the very first one trying to overthrow a system that takes away yeah. their own power of their heart that is so mighty, so, so full of so many gifts to offer to the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I call it men's sexual awakening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah, we had women's sexual awakening and obviously it's still ongoing and thank goodness, you know, women are waking up to our power and our sexual pleasure and this like mystery hidden in our bodies. And, um, but men have not really taken the time to examine what it means to them to be a great lover. And um, what does it mean for a man to be a great lover? <laughs> that is such a good question. Mm, well, you know, I think, I think each man really needs to come to that on his own and decide like what is his full potential? What does it, what does it mean to him? Um, but I know that I can say as a woman, what it would mean to me to have a, a great male lover. And, and, and I've been in communities of women. I know you have too, who are all like, we want awesome male lovers. Where are they? <laughs> um, so to be honest, it means a man who is not afraid of his masculine power and has also reclaimed his feminine side, like is not ashamed to feel. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, it's okay. I love the image of a dancer, a really great male dancer, like a male lead in tango or salsa, right? Mm -hmm. You see how his body moves. He's got rhythm, he's got curves, and yet he is leading. But he's not leading from a place of hatred or control for the woman. He's leading from a place of love and connectedness and really feeling her every response to his invitation. He's leading as an invitation. Mm, that's beautiful. And, and one of the things that comes to my mind is flow. Like when, when that happens, there is this flow between uh, these, these two opposites. Like when, when they dance, you can see the interaction and how it flows. And, and it's not a power a power struggle, but a power flow, a power dynamic where both play. Yeah. Yeah. And they're equally important, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I, th this metaphor of dance for a lot of things in life is so useful, I think. Yeah. Um, but I want to say one other thing that I think makes a man a great lover right now in the 21st century, and I, I think it's a little bit edgy, actually. Um, but for me, um, and for many women and people, what makes great sex is, is that sex is no longer defined as penis and vagina penetration. Yeah. <laughs> yes, tell us more, please. That's all. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's been the default for so long. Um, in large part because that was all that was allowed, you know, because of religious conditioning, but also because the focus of sex has always, has for so long been procreation, sex for procreation. But to be honest, the majority of sex acts do not result in children. They are just done for pleasure or for, you know, intimacy, for coming together. And so if you take the, so it's time that we took the, that default away and made sex more about the whole experience of like what two people can do with their bodies. And I think here the queer community really has an advantage because when you come together with someone of the same gender, there's no um, given. You don't know what you're going to do to each other. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to do with each other, right? You have to ask, what are you into? Um, and I think it's time that men and women start asking each other that question too and start focusing. I know for me, some of the most incredible sexual experiences I've had have spent a huge range of sex acts um, and really were not just focused on that one act of penetration. Mm, I love that so much. It's so important. And, and this metaphor that you, that you are um, speaking about, like how that is a given in, in couples that, that are not necessarily uh, the, the heterosexual couples, that it's given that they ask constantly, okay, what do you want today? What's, what are you into? What do you like? How different would relationships be if we all did that? All the I know. <laughs> <sighs> but, and, but, but there is also something that for me is really, uh, a game changer which is not looking for penetration mm. like just being together making sexuality about being together about exploring like sometimes it might not end up in penetration it might end up in cuddling it, it might end up in uh, oral sex or it might end up in just a conversation or a deep connection like it doesn't have to end up in coitus to actually be sex yes exactly yeah that, that um a personal story very briefly it's that um when, when my husband started reading about this because he was like you know very discreetly <laughs> uh getting the book <laughs> In his, in his night table, <laughs> he started reading about that. He would cuddle and, and just caress me at night, and I was like, "I'm tired. I don't want sex right now." Be because usually in in heterosexual relationships, that's why men touch you uh, yeah. to take you to the next place. So it was like, I just don't feel in the mood. I'm really, really tired. And I mean, I might be a sex coach, but we are not always in the mood. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he just started touching me. He said, I, I just crave 
to touch you. Is it okay if I touch you? Uh -uh. So I allowed him to, and he touched me and we cuddled and that was it. And for me, it was one of the most delightful nights ever. Oh my God. Just to get my body gently touched for, until he fell asleep. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he did that. Yeah, and th that really changed it for me because, uh, I, and I share this as a as a learning experience because I think that this idea of men having to follow the the same steps all the time, right? Like yeah. I joke that it's sometimes like if they were turning in a radio, like uh, right boob, like left boob, and then the button. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Not a radio communicator. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I know. I mean, guys really have a hard time because they don't, they don't get any information about this except from porn or pickup artistry, right? I mean, thank God Tantra is coming. Neo-Tantra ideas of sacred sexuality, conscious sexuality are helping, but it's hard for guys to know how to how women work. <laughs> yeah, and especially when there's so much judgment for them. Like, they are expected to be these powerful uh, lovers that give and they never get tired and they never have to ask because they can read the body of their partners with like uh, like if they were expected to be um to to be te telepaths and to be super powerful full of stamina and that can be such a tremendously decimating expectation for a person to to have to live up to yeah i totally agree it's a lot of pressure and so you know i think this too is where emotional intelligence comes in and uh, makes sex easier, more fun, and deeper for everyone involved. Um, and I, I have two examples. Um, two of my most memorable sexual experiences. One is when my partner, actually it did, it did involve penetration, like, um, but as soon as he penetrated me, he stopped moving mm -hmm. and he just held me. And he didn't move and he's just kissing me and then he didn't move and just kissing me, but no like pelvis action, just holding me there in penetration. And mm -hmm. I started bawling. It was like, it was so good. It was like he knew somehow that I needed to just be held, you know, and he didn't have to perform. He didn't have to do anything and just hold me with his presence and give me kisses. It was outstanding. And I'm just like, can you please do that again? You know? <laughs> beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah and and I want to give an example too of how you can use emotional intelligence in sex like for me as a woman when I started to want to explore sex I would always keep hitting these walls of shame and I would sort of contract and be like oh, I can't do it or just get really self-conscious and um, I had a partner once who whenever we were having sex and I would hit a wall of shame or contract, he would be like, something's going on for you there. What's going on? Talk to me. Tell me what's up, Ananya. And he didn't take it personally. He didn't withdraw. He didn't take it to mean that something was wrong with him because it wasn't about him at all. It was like I was trying to push myself past some inner, like, inner limit, you know? 
And he would just hold me and we would be sitting there naked and I would be crying or, you know, talking to him and saying, I just feel this shame or I don't feel pretty or whatever it was. And he would say, you are so beautiful to me or it's okay to feel shame. I understand. What do you need right now? You know? And so, yeah, like he was comfortable with my difficult emotions. Oh, I love that so much. (laughs) I can almost like, guys, take notice. This is what makes us go like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you really want to know what women crave, it's not about like, he went on for hours and he just broke the bed and he broke the no, We want connection. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and then sometimes it's good to break the bed, but <laughs> yeah. And, but, there's nothing against that. <laughs> right. But because my partner there held me through this like spiral of shame, I was able to eventually come out of it and have my self-confidence because he kept telling me that I was beautiful and that I could do it. And he kept listening to me and supporting me. And now it's totally gone. Yeah. Wow. I am hearing how he, he was healing you through his, through his connection during sexuality. And that is so powerful. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, this is part of men's sexual awakening too. Like the masculine power the masculine, the male body has so much power of healing in it. And men never get taught that. You know, we talk about men as like rapists or abusers or all of these things that are dark about the masculine, but there is such deep healing capacity in the male body too. Oh, I just got chills. I feel that so deeply because yes, the story that we've been living reliving and sharing and and believing (laughs) is that men's sexuality is a weapon sexuality is dangerous and it's scary and and it's hurtful and it's used to put women back in their place because that's the way in which they have been taught uh, for a long time but there's the other side of the coin how it can be such a power of healing such a force of containing and and that just gives me chills that that feels so right and so magical Hmm. yeah (laughs) just really makes my heart sing because there's a craving for that kind of magic Mm. and i know yeah and i really want to say thank you because these acknowledgement is what we need to be sharing with other men it's what we need them to know so thank you for being working with men and and sharing this power with them because they have such a power for good or for bad and it's so good that they know that they can use it for good they 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 can use their superpower for good (laughs) yeah Yeah, I mean, I call it the sacred masculine, right? That's what it is. This presence and healing and wholeness and togetherness with the feminine. Oh. And I think it almost got forgotten before our, you know, right now we're really seeing um, an awakening in terms of neo-tantric practices and 
in, in the world. But prior to that, all we had were uh, examples of the wounded masculine, the unhealthy masculine, right? Which um, has uncontrollable desire and just sees women as objects and the feminine as weak. Um, mm -hmm. And this was hurting everyone. Boy will be boys. That's the way men are. Well, it, and it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Men are so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Thank you so <laughs> much for this. So I'm just like buzzing. Uh, so before we go, I really want to ask you something. What would you tell to a man that is listening to this right now? And he's wondering what he can do to start embracing his sexuality from a different approach. How he can heal his sexuality and start his own sexual awakening. What is the next step? Mm, that's such a good question. So, hmm. I think one of the main things he can do is start to really take stock of his inner world, of his life, his actions, and start to see where are the places where he is dependent upon women for his pleasure or his sexual fulfillment. Like, where does he betray himself and not hold healthy boundaries in order to get a woman at any cost, mm. right? And part of that practice of, of coming back to himself, of finding his own sexual wholeness and fulfillment um, on a very practical level is changing the way that he masturbates. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. If he has a really habitual way of masturbating, like sort of contracted and bent over and seated in front of the computer, for example, to really shift, and it takes like five minutes and it's just a, um, a release of pressure or stress, you know, there's nothing wrong. We all need to do that sometimes. <laughs> but in order to really reclaim your sexuality and your pleasure for yourself as a man, so you're not dependent on women and always chasing women, try, you need to shift that to like a, a self-pleasure session where you're like lying down, you're like caressing your whole body, you're really tuning into the sensations, not only in your cock, but everywhere, and learning to run energy through your entire body, orgasmic pleasure through your whole body. Um, men who can do that are so powerful and so magnetic to women, and they don't have to chase anyone. Oh, I love that so much, because how limiting has the uh, masturbation uh, process being for men to just go like this instead of going into something yeah. orgasmic, expensive, and powerful. But just that, that little step just changes everything. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a practice that I teach men in my coaching, in my one-on-one -on -one coaching. I lead them through step-by-step -step what they need to do in order to shift this and Quite a number of men that have worked with me have been able to develop non-ejaculatory orgasms, which is so awesome. It's like the full potential of the male body, you know? Yeah, that's, that's just what, what I wanted to say next. Like, it's so important to find support to, because you're breaking with a pattern that has been taught for millennia. It's a pattern of shame, of, of, uh, of 
uh, a wrong approach to sexuality, a, a destructive approach to yeah. sexuality, and how important it is to find support, like to be brave enough to step up and say, hey, I need a hand with this, I need support. Well, forget yeah. the food. <laughs> <laughs> I need a hand. <laughs> I get so many messages like that. I don't know. <laughs> Help? Yes. A hand? No. <laughs> to, to step up and say, please help me, and, and to get the right support. So um, it's so valuable. It's an experience that can totally change your life to have just the right person supporting you. And for that, you have one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching uh, programs and you also have a 10-week uh, coaching program, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. I have a 10-week emotional mastery coaching program, which is about like the deep, deep work of emotional intelligence using our subconscious and our body and looking at repeating patterns, addict addictive behavior, all kinds of things, interpersonal relationships. It's, it's amazing. Um, and I have one-on-one -on -one coaching that's more focused specifically on like the sexuality and changing your relationship to it. That's so beautiful. I will make sure to add uh, your information in the comments. So please guys, check out her, her comments, the comments so that you check out her page and her, and her social media. Make sure that you connect because it's important to, to be supported by the right people. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Sasha. Thank you so much for joining in this conversation. And um, also, guys, remember to get my free uh, mini course, Feeling Safe in Your Body. It's not sexual, but it's about finding safety during these hard times. Thank you so much. You're welcome.